the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Links and Locks podcast, the DFS version. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Len Hochberg from RotoWire, and it is a big, big week. The Players' Championship. We've got what 47, 48 of the top 50. I lost track a little bit, but most of the top 50 in the world are here this week. I'm on site at TPC Sawgrass, Len. I cannot wait for this week to get started. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I'm very jealous that you're there. Looking forward to your insight and any tips. And I know we got a lot of weather, so that's going to play into things this week. It's a lot of information you can give the people out there. And before we get into looking at some of these salaries on DraftKings this week, let's talk a little bit about that weather. I'm sitting outside. It's just after 6 p.m. on Monday evening, and it keeps looking like it's going to get dark and then doesn't quite rain, just drizzle a little bit. But we're going to get some serious rain, some serious thunderstorms, not just early in the week, but Thursday and Friday, it looks like as well. It's going to dump here. But Saturday and Sunday, it might like a little, like it did for the Arnold Palmer Invitational, just much cooler temperatures in the low to mid 50s, but a two to three club wind around this place. And we could see a huge leaderboard shift very much like we did this past week at Bay Hill. We already have to take the weather change from May to March into consideration. Considerably cooler. We see some information. Your pal, Justin Ray, just posted an article on PGA Tour website indicating how the scores are definitely higher in March over the last 24 editions, 12 March, 12 May, going back about a quarter of a century, about three quarters of a shot per round difference and more low scores in May than March. I mean, this weather will just compound everything. Let's get right into it. And I agree, this weather is going to make make it awfully interesting trying to prognosticate everything this week. So no surprise, the guy at the top of the board is the guy that's always on the top of the board when he's playing these days, John Rahm at 11,100 on DraftKings, followed by, interestingly enough, Rory McIlroy, who won this event in 2019. He's 10-8. Colin Morikawa at 10-7. Justin Thomas at 10-4. Victor Hovland at 10-1. And the first thing that I'll point out about the higher-priced guys this week, Len, is that on the other end of things, the lower-priced guys, you can go high 6,000s, low 7,000s, and there are a lot of really talented, really good players who can not only play well, but can go out there and have a chance of winning this thing that it might be worth it to pay up this week. And so you might want to throw one or even two studs in the lineup this week. So where are you going from these guys that are 10,000 plus? When I saw the prices and normally probably like a lot of people, I start at the top and work my way down and I didn't really know where to go at the top and I did it in reverse. I found it a little bit easier at the bottom and, and really because I like a lot of the guys at the top. All the top guys are there except DeChambeau and John Rahm has been terrible lately. His last six tournaments, uh, second, 14th, third, 10th, 21st, 17th, you know, nothing worse than 20 first. Terrible. We've stayed away from him the last couple of weeks at least, but I think I like him this week, especially with the weather. I think that you're just going to have to avoid bogeys, hit the ball straight, fairways, greens. I know his putting is a problem. 11-1, not too high up. I like him this week. He has shown the ability to play this course better since the move to March for whatever reason. So I'll start with him. I like him. 
I found it very hard to avoid Colin Morikawa any week. It seems like at your own peril, you stay away from him. Justin Thomas, I like too. These guys I like the most of everyone. Justin Thomas seems to be turning into a horse course. There really haven't been too many through the years here. A lot of guys who have good years have bad years. It's really confounding, but he seems to really be, you know, six for six in cuts. He won last year. He's got a third. He's got an 11th. Those three guys stand out most for me at the top. I'm sort of with you there. I don't love John Rahm, and it doesn't mean I don't think he's going to play well. I did a ranking of the top 25 for me this week, and I've got Rahm somewhere around sixth or seventh or eighth, something like that. So I don't think he's going to have a bad week. Just in order to get his value, he almost needs to finish top three or four. And so I just don't know that it's going to be that for John Rahm right now. He seemed very frustrated, especially with conditions on a few occasions this year so far. And I just wonder if the conditions are similar this week to what we saw last week, that that frustration gets the better of Rahm. My favorite play up at the top is Colin Morikawa. He's my favorite outright bet. He's my favorite play on the DFS board this week. I'm looking at a guy that can do everything really, really well. And I know we usually look at Colin Morikow and say, okay, he's one of the best iron players, if not the best iron player in the world. But, you know, maybe the putting's not great. Colin Morikawa leads the PGA Tour in total strokes game this season. He also leads the all-around category, which is something I love looking at that category as a barometer of essentially what it says, the players that are doing everything really, really well. And so the fact that he leads in both of those tells me that there's not really a weakness in his game and throw in the fact that he knows how to close out big events. And so if Colin Morikawa is there down the stretch, I have every reason to believe he can close out this one as well. Look, it's been a long time since we've seen a Craig Perks or a Fred Funk win this golf tournament. Colin Morikawa is a guy that could follow in the footsteps of the two players he's playing with in the first two rounds this week, JT and Rory. And the fact that it's Pretty almost cool. like the tour is trying to tell us something. It's like, here are the two previous champions and they're playing with this guy this week. Hmm, we're letting you in on something. We're trying to tell you. We're giving you a hint. So I do like Morikawa the best out of these guys. If you want to pay up for two studs, Morikawa JT is where I would go. I like them the best out of these 10,000 guys. But quite frankly, I'm not sure you can go wrong. And as we so often say on the pod, maybe every single week, Len, look, if you really like Rom and Hovland, if you like Rory and JT, I'm not going to talk you out of it. Those guys are all really good. There's a reason why they're priced up so high because they're great players. So Let's get to the players that are just below 10,000, the 9,000s this week. You've got Patrick Cantley, Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley, Deki Matsuyama, Cameron Smith, Scotty Scheffler, and Jordan Spieth. Any one of those guys stick out more than the others? A couple do. One final thought on what you were saying. You know, Morikawa and Justin Thomas didn't play last week. I think a lot of the guys who played and made the cut at Arnold Palmer at Bay Hill, Rory said he was taking today off. I mean, it had to be really frustrating and they were really fried playing the weekend in that tournament. Maybe they can recover by Thursday. Maybe they can't. Some of the fresher guys might be a consideration. And John Rahm, of course, did play there. But moving into the nines, I do like... Hideki Matsuyama, who did play at Bay Hill, coming off a tie for 20th, pretty good, not bad, not great for him. He's had some good years and bad years here at this tournament. Missed the cut two of the last three years, but in between was a tie for eighth. He's had another top 10 through the years. And another guy I like, Cameron Smith. He doesn't have a lot of history here, $9,400, but he played the tournament twice in May, his first two times. Missed the cut both times since it moved to March. Last year, he was 17th. So maybe it's a switch to March. 
Maybe it's getting, you know, I played the tournament a few times. I figured things out. Really good numbers all the way around for Cameron Smith up and down. And he won at the Tournament of Champions. Playing really well. Approach, Tita Green. Those two guys in the nine stick out most for me. Yeah, I've got two guys as well. And one is the same. I like Cam Smith. Also, Len, the fact that I often think the Players Championship is sort of a thermometer. It's let's take the temperature of how well everyone is playing right now. And like I said, TPC Sawgrass is a course that will test all aspects of your game. And so if it's doing that, you want a guy that's been playing well. Cameron Smith has been tremendous so far this year, and I think he's going to be a guy that keeps playing well. He's 10th in the world. I know that some people might look at that price and go, boy, do I want to pay up for Cameron Smith? He's 10th in the world, and yet he is, let's see, 6, 7, 8, 9 is exactly 10th on the salary board for DraftKings this week. So it kind of makes sense. It's not like he's overvalued at all. And the other play I'm looking at from the 9,000s at 9,900, I can't get away from Patrick Cantley. He's just so good. He's 1,200 less than John Rahm, 900 less than Rory McIlroy this week. I mean, maybe he goes out and lays a stinker. It just doesn't seem to happen for Cantley very often. And he's a guy that if I see him on the board at all, at any event, my eyes are immediately drawn to him because He, quite frankly, just is that talented. All right. I think this thing could be make or break in the 8,000s this week and a lot of good options here. All right. Break it down for me. Who you got? I think with the weather coming, and I point out here that we're recording this on Monday, and obviously the weather can change a lot, and we might see that there's an advantage to tee times late, early, early, late, something. So I'd advise people, you know, before the lock, get a late look at the weather, see if there's an advantage somewhere. But I bring that up because the first two guys I'm going to mention, kind of boring guys, guys who get from point A to point B as economically as possible. They avoid bogeys. I think that's going to be a big thing, bogey avoidance this week, especially if the wind is going with all the water. Starting out 8,800, Daniel Berger. Seems to be healthy. He was fourth at the Honda. His little injury thing is presumably in the past. He was ninth here last year, and he's played 19 times, including last year's players. Top 10, almost half of those. I mean, he's really the quietest, I think, of all the big guys, literally and maybe figuratively as well. Um, He just doesn't seem to make a big splash out on the course. Fourth in bogey average on tour this year. 8,300 did a little better for me last week than the week before. Sung J.M., Missed cut at the Honda, really killed me. 20th that last week. Okay, pretty good. I think he's like first or second in bogey average. Played this track well in the past on occasion. And 17th last year, his second visit. And way down at 8,200. And I think this price has really surprised me. Adam Scott, we know Adam Scott plays well here just about every year. And we saw his DraftKings sportsbook price only 30 to 1. Cam Smith is 30 to 1 up at 9,400. Well, Adam Scott is 30 to 1, way down at 8,200. So I think he plays well here and he's playing pretty well. I think he's probably going to be wearing maybe a brown sweater and a brown hoodie this week. It could be with the cold weather. I imagine he'll be popular at 8,200, but seems very favorably priced. Great track record here. And he's played it 20 times. Amazing for Adam Scott. All right, I'm going to go back to the first two year picks Burger and Sung Jae. Really, Len? That's exactly who I've got. I love both of those guys this week, and I especially love them at those prices. I've got them both finishing top five this week. I think they're really strong plays. Again, 
just good, solid ball strikers, guys who, if the conditions start getting tough on Sunday, I don't see them out of the mix at all. I think they can grind out some pars. Yes, I know it got tough on Sunday at the Honda and Daniel Berger certainly didn't play his best golf, but I say it all the time. Those experiences really just steal a player for the next time they're in that position. And so Daniel Berger certainly learned something from being the 54 hole leader and not getting it done just a few weeks ago. I like him a lot. Also from the 8,000 range, I'll just throw in, I like Louis Oosthuizen. I like Billy Horschel as well, coming off a title contention this past week at the API. But yeah, Sungjae and Berger are my guys there. All right, 7,000s. And like I said before, you want to talk value? I mean, there is tremendous value up and down the board. And we look in the 7,000s and boy, there's some big time names here. I left out my bottom eight, Shane Lowry, right at 8,000. Mm-hmm. Seems to play well in a lot of big tournaments. He played well here last year. Got to figure he can play in the wind as well. 7,700, Matt Fitzpatrick. He's Mr. Bay Hill, Mr. Top 10 at Bay Hill. Well, he's also had some good weeks in this tournament and he had his best week last year, ninth. He's playing very well this season, really high up putting and in strokes gained tee degree numbers. Sergio Garcia, 21 times he's played here. He hasn't missed a cut in... 19 years, something like that. Hasn't won it since 2008, but he was ninth last year. Plays well every year at this tournament. So I like those guys. I will echo your sentiment on Matt Fitzpatrick. He's second. I mentioned Colin Morikawa being first on the PGA Tour in total strokes gained this season. I think that most people would think, okay, second's got to be John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland. No, it's Matt Fitzpatrick who's second right now. What that tells you again All aspects of his game are very, very good right now. And again, coming to a place that he really likes, especially, and he told me last week when I was speaking with him on PGA Tour Radio, he likes playing tough golf courses, likes when scoring conditions are hard. We saw it last week at API. If it gets really hard, which I think it might this weekend at TBC Sawgrass, that only plays right into his hands once again. And then a few other guys, I'll give you a five pack here, Sam Burns tremendously undervalued. I think a lot of people look at those three missed cuts on the West coast and say, eh, Burns isn't playing great. This is more his type of golf. Get him back on Bermuda greens. Siwoo Kim, a Pete Dye specialist. Corey Connors showed me something last week. I think the yeah. short game and putter are coming around for Connors. Taylor Gooch coming off a bad Sunday a few tournaments ago as well. Even so he's still got tremendous value this week. Taylor Gooch at 7,200. That is an absolute steal. I love that play. And then Alex Norin at 7,000. I like him a lot as well. I think he could be under owned this week. I think people look past him a little bit. All right, get down to the 6,000s. And again, I mean, there are going to be some names that I don't know when the last time they were in the 6,000s on DraftKings would have been, but there are some big time names out there, Len. Yeah. And just on the fringe of 6,000 at 7,000, even is Chris Kirk. We probably talk about him every week. He continues to play well. You know, he's going to have a clunker one of these days because it's just the law of averages, but I'm going to try and squeeze one more week out of Chris Kirk. He had another top five last week at Bay Hill, and that was with, again, a couple of bogeys coming home. He was really right on the fringe of contention. He's now 12th on tour in uh, strokes gained tee to green. Probably if you're going to look at one stat all week, it's get on the green and get your par and go on from there. Keegan Bradley, really puttingly challenged. I don't know the way to say that. Puttingly challenged. I like that. 
<laughs> but you know, we know he does everything else really well. He's at $6,900, has five caches in five 2022 starts. He hasn't missed a cut. He's got a couple of top 12s. He just missed qualifying for the Open Championship at Bay Hill. He was 11th. If he would have been in the top 10, he would have got the in through the Open Qualifying Series. So he's playing very well. Brian Harmon at 6,900. Oh, yeah. He's a guy who's played well the last couple of years. You would think that the switch to March might hurt the shorter hitting Brian Harmon, but he's played well here the last couple of years. He was third last year and way down at 6,500. If I'm looking for somebody to get to the weekend, Adam Hadwin, he's made eight of 10 cuts going back to last year. His two misses were Riviera and Torrey Pines, really long tracks. This will be a little better. And I just read a little while before we started taping that he is, and this is going to be the kiss of death. I'm sorry, Adam, but 20 for 20, greens and regulation on the 17th hole. He's never missed wow. a green ever. So he's never gone on the water every time. That's what you're looking for, you know, from 6,500. Just get your pars, move on, make it to the weekend. So Adam Hadwin, very steady. Len, you're going to have all of Canada coming after you if he puts one <laughs> in the water on 17. You've absolutely jinxed him. All right. I will echo your sentiments again on Adam Hadwin and Brian Harmon. Harmon's got three finishes of eighth or better in the last six years at the Players' Championship. Four more guys in the 6,000s that I think have a lot of value. Emiliano Grio starting to play some decent golf. He's a ball striker. He's never going to be the best putter, but if it turns into a ball striking contest, I like him. C.T. Pan playing really well in his last couple of starts. I like C.T. Pan here. Francesco Molinari. There aren't many course horses, like you said. Francesco Molinari is a little bit of a course horse. And then I'll throw out one name. I don't know if this is the guy, but I want to say, Len, that each of the last two editions of the Players' Championship, there's been an elder statesman of the game. Last year, Lee Westwood was 47 years old, finished runner-up to Justin Thomas. Two years earlier, Jim Furyk was 48, finished runner-up to Rory McIlroy. Don't count out the older guy. I'm not sure exactly who it could be, but it's an older, sort of off-the-radar guy, but not a guy that would totally shock you. Matt Kuchar, on the 10th anniversary of winning here in 2012, Hasn't played great golf lately, but kind of fits that profile of a guy who, well, he's in his 40s, but he's played well here in the past. I could see it. And so Matt Kuchar is a guy at 6,700 that I certainly will have in some lineups this week, hoping that at what, two, three, four percent owned, he could have a big week right. and try to make us some cash. All right. We've gone through the entire field, everybody up and down the list. Let's go make a lineup, Len. You're up first. I don't know how many big name guys I'm going to go, but I could see for me, Daniel Berger being in more than half my lineups. He's just favorably priced. He's not too high, not too low, under 9,000. It just seems fantastic. I think Daniel Berger can fit in a lot of lineups, 8,800. You and I are either winning together or losing together this week because we both really like him. All right, I'm going to go with the guy that we both like as well. And also in the 8,000s, Sung Im plays his best golf on Florida courses. He's trending very gradually in the right direction. Missed the cut at the Honda, tied for 20th last week at the API. But remember, he had two weeks off before that. This is a guy that's an Ironman on the PGA Tour, seemingly plays every single week. I think getting back into the groove and playing three weeks in a row, that could be the magic formula for him. 8,300 is a smash price on DraftKings this week. Those two guys, they're darn good players. Yeah. I think we have room to go a little bit higher. I don't know if we can go up into the really big numbers, although we did talk about some guys that we do like, but I think we can go up to... 
Cam Smith at 9,400. Cam Smith, I like the fact that he was 17th last year. It's his best start here. He just seems to be getting better. We're really seeing the maturation of a young guy. He's not that young anymore. And maybe it's taken him a few more years than like meteoric Jordan Spieth coming in and boom. But Cameron Smith, you know, as you said, 10th in the world. I'm going to like him a lot in the next month or so as well. Hint, hint, Uh you know. There he is, Cameron Smith. I get what you're saying. I don't disagree. All right. We're building a very strong balance lineup right here, and I don't want to screw it up. So I'm going to keep that balance going with the guy that we both talked about earlier, Matt Fitzpatrick at 7,700. Nothing left to say, only that if you're putting Fitzpatrick in lineups this week, you're hoping that it gets really hard this weekend. I'm just floored that he continues to perform well at the really long tracks. This isn't even a really long one. So I think he might even be able to have a little bit more of an edge than last week. Very impressive. How much do we have left here? 7,900 per man with two guys left. Oh my gosh. I'm going to go down and I'll let you go up. You mentioned Taylor Gooch. I didn't mention him, but I did have him on my list. At this price, as you mentioned, $7,200 and where his game is. I mean, top 15 strokes gained approach around the green, tee to green. Paul Azinger talked on television about what a beautiful swing he has. If he can get Sunday's front nine 43 out of his head, I think he could be a good possible lineup. And maybe people are fading him because they watched him on Sunday. All right. So we've got 8,600 left to spend. And I think it's probably a good idea to leave some money on the table this week, especially if you're building a balanced lineup. And yet I ain't going to do it right here. I'm going to spend it all. Look, we talk every year about whether the players championship is, or at least should be, a major championship. I've got one thing that will determine whether the players is a major. If Brooks Kepka treats it like a major, then maybe it's a major. And so Brooks (laughs) has started playing some really good golf lately. We didn't talk about him earlier on the pod, but I do indeed like Kepka. I think he'll be fired up to go out there and prove some people wrong a little bit and go out and play some good golf. So at 8,600, I think Kepka is a nice play. And I mean, we've talked throughout the entire pod about there being a lot of value out there. Len, We've got Berger, Fitzpatrick, Gooch, M, Kepka, Smith. Other than this being duplicated by a thousand other teams, I really like this lineup. I think there could be some winners in here. I did love this morning how a lot of people on golf Twitter were talking how Brooks Kepka was going to be low owned and Well, at least if you just put it on golf Twitter, no one else will see it. You'll have it all to yourself. (laughs) That was funny coming out at the last minute there. So good on you with Brooks Kepka. Yeah, I'm never great at those ownership percentages, but hopefully nobody else picked those six players. That's just us, okay? Just between us and you listeners out there. So we thank everybody for listening to the Links and Locks podcast. Remember, you can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Subscribe, download, rate us, and of course, listen every single week. He's Len Hochberg. I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks again for listening to Links and Locks. Here's hoping you guys hit the green.